All right, hello, and welcome to episode nine of what we're listening to. Uh, my name is Josh. With me, as always, is my good friend and confidant, Asher. How are you, man? I'm great, bro. I have a little quiz for you right at the start of the yes. show. Now, I have sent you a picture um, that I want you to tell me who are the people in it. So, for oh the listeners, goodness. I'll put this in the show notes. There are three people creating a little human pyramid uh, and they're wearing like orange and blue and they've got pom-poms and they're obviously on a stage at a concert. There are three significant people in it and I want Josh to tell me who they are. I, <laughs> I think is, is, is one of them Sufjan Stevens? Yes, which one? <laughs> uh, the guy on the right, I think. Yes, good job. That's the only one I can kind of recognize, even though his face is blurry. Mm. Yeah, sorry about that. But I, I... no, this is um, this is quite an image. <laughs> I uh... <laughs> is that a fail? Yeah, I don't know the other Pum-pum. two. I don't think. Okay, uh. um, the person on the left holding up the girl is uh, John Ringhofer of Half and a Cloud. Okay, and the girl herself. Is uh, you know her as Tilda Swinton of music. Um, that is Shara Worden of My Brightest Diamond. Um, yes. Now, right. Okay. Um, I gave you this little quiz off the back of last <laughs> week because of the asthmatic kittens. This was their 2005 tour of Sufjan's Illinois album, and. Uh, so John was playing uh, trombone, I believe, and doing half okay. in a cloud open like openers for Sufjan and Shara Worden is part of My Brightest Diamond and a musician in her own right, um, but also was a part of um, that tour. And both of them have been on various uh, Sufjan albums throughout the years. So, yep, just a little bit of the asthmatic kitty family there for you that's uh, that's definitely more purple and orange than i'm comfortable with so sufyan uh, i believe hand stitched those giant eyes <laughs> like the letter eyes onto all of their shirts <laughs> so that they could be the cheerleaders for his um his band um <laughs> for yeah for the listeners i'll put a link in the show notes with the story that um john ringhofer shares anyway there you go um that's a little bit of trivia for you so if you got the answer right before josh congratulations <laughs> i mean so far we're zero for zero or zero for one each i guess so. isn't that the point though <laughs> yes I, I don't see how long we can go without getting a single one of these questions ever correct <laughs> i wasn't going to go for the smeagol approach of what's my favorite bonnie verse song <laughs> yeah well what have i got in my pockets is yeah um do you have any catch-up from last time yeah just a little bit um, just, just to finalize the conversation about half Henny cloud, I re-listened to one of his, um, LPs called cut me down and count my rings, which interestingly is actually a compilation of a whole bunch of EPs and singles he put out in a time period before that album was released. And so it's like 50 tracks long. Um, and then he did it again just recently. He's released another LP called Gathered Out of Thin Air, which I think has 45 songs on it as well. So both of these albums are enormous in number, but, you know, about an hour in length. <laughs> um, 12, 12 minutes long in total. <laughs> 
there's a great clip of him playing a show at a cafe and the guy the guy behind the bar is like five minutes left you know till closing time he's like we could do four songs <laughs> um, anyway, this LP I was listening to, I just wanted to comment on, you were talking about, can you comment on this as a work of Christian art last week? And I guess I wanted to give a bit of context for that. So as you said, he mainly sings scripture, but it's very interesting in that sometimes he doesn't quite sing scripture exactly. And the changing of different words or changing things in terms of metaphors and concepts illuminate the passages a little bit more so if you know those passages and you're interested in it then like you go oh that's really cool so one of them is um in one lyric he says you're the god of abraham isaac and newton um instead of saying jacob i think um Mm, and you know it's a nice little twist on it and he does this often with uh lyrics so some most of the albums like he's uh were you saying on flying score flight control it's like kind of pure Bible passages and then other times it's kind of interjected with other interesting concepts and I really like that it's kind of because the songs are so short you catch little bits and it bears re-listening and re-listening so it kind of ends up being a a weird sort of hyperactive meditation anyway so that's my (laughs) it's my little uh bit of feedback and um just to follow up uh I was chatting with half hand cloud on our instagram uh, about maybe a better place to start with half Cloud albums. He agrees that okay. flying, <laughs> he agrees that flying squirrel flight control was a really good. Um, it's it's his favorite of his releases, but he mentioned a few others that might be a better place to start. Some of his earlier ones, like um, uh, we have not been told we have been loved, and also a little EP which is great called Remedy. And um, if you can, uh, when you listen to that EP Remedy, it's on the Cut Me Down and Count My Rings, you'll notice um, some very uh, Sufjan-like flutes, and that's because him and Sufjan recorded this one together. And it's a great little EP, probably clocks in at like eight minutes. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's it's really funny. It's got some great, almost um, eye-roll-inducing puns at uh, the idea of the Mosaic Law tablets and medical tablets so anyway check that out (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's that's just a big bit of follow-up but um also i did listen to your mac miller tracks that you put on that playlist and um Mm. yeah you're right like they are a very interesting mix of for me it felt kind of like funk blues hip-hop um and yeah, I like them. I liked, I think I like the other tracks apart from Good News. That Good News, I was like, oh, it's not as like um, grabbing as I thought it might have been. And I listened to the other two as well and thought, yeah, I like the sound of this. I don't know if I love his voice, but um, yeah, I, I still really like listening to it. And it was quite sad and quite melancholy in terms of knowing about his death and kind of hearing some of these lyrics. So I just, yeah, it was, it was a good listen. I, uh, he does do the thing where I wish um, some segment of the modern rap community would like enunciate just a little bit more, um, but that's not that's not for me to decide. Um, I took a look at the um, the Carol Cleveland sings Instagram yeah. post because um, you you sent me one and actually I'd had a look at the their wider arrangements from a couple months ago as well. Oh, cool! I, I mean, it, like, like really, like, 
like interesting, fun little um, arrangements on keyboards and like glockenspiels and that kind of stuff. I mean, they're they're cute. Mm. Um, yeah, they're going for the cute vibe. Yeah. And then uh, probably a couple times this last week, I've had uh, dreams about the frames or being at frames gigs. And it's been kind of annoying. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting uh, sad that you can't go and see them at the moment. I mean, that's one thing. But like I would go to a gig and I told you this, like I would want to buy, you know, like a record or some merch and all the merch they have is in the wrong size, so I can't buy anything. <laughs> and they don't have any of their albums on vinyl, except for, like, their greatest hits, which I already have. And so I have to buy, like, you know, cassette tapes. So I don't have a cassette t- tape player anymore, <laughs> unlike yourself. And so, I, like, I can't do anything with this, like, information. For strange, strange, frustrating dream. <laughs> frustrating dreams. Um. Uh, Nice. Yeah, that's kind of all the all the catch my <laughs> That's all I have to. Yep. Shall we move on to the right. reviews? Yeah, on time. I uh, have been listening to an album and a band uh, self-titled called Purple Mountains. Hmm. Um, I've had this actually in my collection for a little while. And I've listened to like one song off it a lot, but I haven't really kind of cracked into the whole thing. Um, it's a bit of a East Coast indie supergroup. So Purple Mountains was a band made from a guy called David Berman, um, who was in another band called The Silver Jews, which was David Berman and two guys from the band Pavement. Oh, and yeah. Then, okay, I know Pavement. Um, so David Berman and another band called Woods basically came together and made this uh, Purple Mountain project. Um. And it's kind of like a like a jaunty alt country album uh singer songwriter kind of stuff um that is very thoroughly depressing i um I swear one of these days I'm gonna try and pick a uh a more uplifting musician story so David Berman has been or had been very um depressed for a very long time and committed suicide about two weeks after this album came out oh man <laughs> so, yeah i i'm gonna pick somebody more uplifting next time i, I can swear. dig into my collection and find some happy records if you want <laughs> uh yeah uh, so berman's known um for a long time for very uh like uh, abrupt lyrics appointed and kind of no nonsense in his music but the music behind it is very um glittery and uh different to what the lyrics are talking about in some ways Hmm. um this is kind of this juxtaposition of his words being like so direct and the music being so indirect that you could see i guess um you could misinterpret the actual message of the music i think Um, Hmm as like satirical rather than cynical. Right. And so a lot of a lot of the songs after this album are pretty devastating. Like mm. they like songs like Snow is Falling in Manhattan or All My Happiness is Gone and that kind of stuff. Um and like, oh that seems kind of, 
you know, overwrought, but actually that's what the song is about anyways. It's mm. not it's not a comedic take on it. Right, yeah. Um yeah, it's kinda like uh like uh like sock and the buskin, like the two comedy and the drama faces, like you see one, but it's actually the other kind of thing. Yeah. Um so I uh this album is uh, beautifully like direct and musically lush and it's kind of built from a lot of grief and it took me a little bit to warm up to it. So some parts of it I think are fantastic and some are kind of, uh, kind of a letdown in some areas, um, mm. but it has some really beautiful moments in it, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, that kind of context can breed some very beautiful and heartbreaking songs, even though it's beautiful and heartbreaking in reality. Yeah, and it's a struggle to to kind of piece together if he's a lot of the songs are about a a woman figure and it's hard to tell if he's talking about his actual partner specifically or it's just kind of like vague um vague thinking about himself and it, like how he interacts with people. Mm, yeah. But uh it's a lot of like a lot of acoustic guitar overlaid with like sparkly kind of stuff over top of it, like keyboards and that kind of that kind of stuff. But so does it sound um, happy at times, or is it is it sounding yeah. like it? Yeah, does that juxtapose? Uh, is that a weird juxtaposition between the lyrical content and the and the music? I would say at first, yes, hmm. it sounds happier than it is. Yeah, and if you didn't look at any of the words of this album i think you'd think it was a happy one right yeah um but yeah i've been really enjoying trying to delving into that because i've had it and i've been it's been collecting dust a little bit um, yeah so yeah all my happiness is gone darkness and cold and she's making friends i'm turning stranger probably all my favorite tracks from that album <laughs> what names um yeah i know right <laughs> Uh yeah, probably like uh, around a seven or a six. Some parts of it I could kind of, uh, I could kind of cut out, or I would say aren't fantastic, but um, overall, pretty good album. Nice. And I shall be looking for artists that are much more uplifting for next time. <laughs> I know what you mean about like the lyrics and the sound. Being this, I'm struggling to think of who it is where that's the case as well. But there, were, I remember there was yeah. an album I listened to one time. I was like, when you dig deep, this is hard. And I mean, things like Bath's, right? His Obsidian album is probably one of the darker, you know, lyrical albums that I've ever heard. And yeah, and that's, it's rough. And yeah, anyway. So uh, how about you, sir? What have you been listening to? <laughs> well, I'm worried this episode is going to be quite quite sad because I've also <laughs> dug out an album which I listened to, uh, sorry, which I have had in the back of my mind for three and a half years. Um, this is an album called A Crow Looked at Me by Mount Erie. Do you know this album? No, sir. Okay. So in 2017, um, I started following a blog called um, Mirrors We Are, which is a music review blog run by a guy named EJ Olson. And he reviewed this album, A Crow Looked at Me. And I had a look at it then, but didn't get to fully look at it until now. And I was interested by the review because, so the context is, I don't, this guy, um, I'm not sure of his name, but 
he wrote this album like in a couple of months after his wife died of cancer. And it's about him just kind of dealing with grief. And he has his daughter who's like a year and a half old. And he's just, he writes the album in the room where him and his wife used to make music with all of her instruments and his instruments. And it literally, you know, he writes in the liner notes, he's like, we were very private about her cancer for all the time that she had it. And it seems strange to be opening up to strangers like you, but I felt now that this kind of knowledge belonged to everyone around me to kind of give you context for why I am the way I am kind of thing. Mm. So Mm. it's like 11 songs of just brutal honesty. And it's quite moving because you can tell that he hasn't tried to really pretty things up in terms of lyrical prowess. He repeats himself so often um, in concepts and facts and things like this about events. And although there are clear songs, you need to listen to the whole album all the way through Mm. because Mm. he'll pick up a thread from the previous song and keep going with it. And it's, I mean, it, there's nothing else to say about it, but it's really, really sad. It's, um, it's beautifully done and it's, um, it's not actually sad. Sorry, there are other things to say about it, but like the base, it, it's just, I don't know if I can kind of quote too many lyrics at you. I don't, don't really want to. I want you to kind of hear it. Yeah, um, it's a complete thing. Yeah, it's a complete thing. And, um, but at first the music, interestingly, sounds quite happy. So the first song and a lot of the songs are actually in major keys and it's kind of a bit folky, like it's almost ones, fours and fives. It's not very complicated in terms of chordal structures. There are some songs which are definitely in a minor key and definitely sound sad as well as are sad lyrically. But, um, yeah, his vocal is quite meandering and... The instrumentation is very simple. I think it's just guitar, electric guitar and bass and maybe like a little bit of piano. So it's not, he hasn't spent a long time on it. And I think that was the point. The song, he said the songs kind of spilled out and then he recorded them and then put them out there. And yeah, <laughs> I I really love this album. I think eight yeah. or nine, eight or nine out of 10, but just be warned, like, you know, <laughs> it's really hard to, it's, I have not had death close to me very much. And so maybe I can handle it um, and keeping it at arm's length. But if you have had death close, it might, it might be more impacting. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful album. It's very sad. It's yeah. made me think about, you know, it's like, I have a daughter. And if my wife were to die, that would be devastating, not only because, you know, I love her and miss her, but also because I now have a small child who also reminds me of her. And it would just be like I was trying to place my sh- myself in his shoes and just be like, yeah, this this would de- be devastating. So anyway, I I think it's a beautiful piece of art. And um, interestingly, it's it's very 
interesting. The first lyric is like, death is real. Someone's there and then they're not, but it's not for singing about, it's not for turning into art. <laughs> and it mm. may seem that he's now doing that, but he's he's not trying to make a great piece of art out of it. He's literally just grieving and putting it out there on the table and being like, there you go. Yeah, and he's, um, he's dealing with it. Yeah, he, he's dealing with it. And um, so it, anyway, I don't know if I'm doing it justice, but it's, it's it's worth listening to and I yeah I don't know what else to say so I rate this album very high eight or nine yeah. and uh, I'm going to put the three first songs on the playlist because you need to listen to them in order but um if I was to say a favorite I do love the second track um, which is called seaweed and I love a track called Soria Moria and probably the track three Ravens so. Yeah, there are some, yeah, it's a very beautiful album. Mm. Mm. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to know what to say about such a, like a, a raw kind of emotional expression, even when it's put to music. Mm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I will, I will listen to it. Yeah, it's. I think that you would enjoy it also musically. I think it's in your style. And um yeah, it is a it is a funny thing. Like I don't want to suddenly abdicate my um you know kind of way of talking about music suddenly because the content is heavy. I don't want to offend. I, like there you know there weren't actually any songs on this which I didn't think were beautiful. So I'm not avoiding criti- criticizing it. But it's just interesting that you kind of approach things differently when things are super real. Um, yeah. Maybe more music needs to be like that to help us to kind of take things even more seriously. So I don't know. It just, it yeah, it felt in a totally different category to a lot of other albums I'd listened to. So. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one last thing. Uh, I th- I think that like. I think that the difference is that he's not trying to lay it on thick in terms of pity. And I think that makes it more sad. So like sometimes when people write a song about someone they've lost, they feel like they need strings and emotive chords to take you there. Um, Mm. But you don't need, you don't often need that to kind of take you to a place where you're empathizing or sympathizing with with an artist so yeah hmm sorry that's it okay (laughs) shall we move on to the homework yeah let's uh (laughs) off the back of uh asthmatic kittens um episode last uh episode i gave josh um lily and madeline's LP Fumes, um, which is quite an old album of theirs, but it is one of my favorites. And it was the one that kind of got me into Lily and Madeline. And as I said, they're on Asthmatic Kitty and they're a great duet um, sisters. And uh, what did you think, Josh? Yeah. Um, so this is pretty heavily like the folk alternative singer songwriter kind of vibes i got from this lots of 
like piano and guitar kind of bare melodies and then mm. really really light on the percussion and the rhythm section mm. uh but definitely the main feature of this album is the vocal harmonies between the two sisters mm. uh i remember reading a long time ago some guy had like a musical theory basically on how harmonies there's like a scale of how well you can harmonize with a person and it kind of goes like uh, two people with different face shapes from different areas of the world harmonizing is going to be kind of difficult. And then uh, if they have the same accent, it's going to be easier. So like the Beatles, all you know, they're all um, scouses so they can kind of harmonize well. And then you kind of get families. So you have similar accents, similar face shapes, similar kind of makeups. And that allows uh, really nice harmonies to take place kind of... Hmm more predominantly than normal so you get you get kind of family bands like the staves or the wainwrights you know the part the wainwrights or the partridge family like there's so many of them kind of thing the jackson five and then so these these gals kind of fall into that category a little bit as well of like the harmonies are so constant that they kind of tune out for me like i i find myself not paying attention to them all the time because they were all the time or most of the time well they sing in unison um, a lot too which is interesting yeah yeah and there's always it's always the same like one takes the top one takes the bottom and they kind of they never uh that's kind of the way the whole thing works hmm. um i did feel like the album was missing something like some kind of some kind of bite or attitude to it did you watch like, that live clip too that i sent you I, I did. I did. I, mm. I mean, my, my uncle bunker brain, I really would love some kind of like really kind of driving drums to counteract what's going on a lot of the time. <laughs> Your uncle bunker like, is rising up again. Yeah, I know. Like, 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 like maybe like a counter rhythm, like something like Sun Lux would have, or <laughs> even like, you know, Brian Brown Devendorf kind of like just jump parts that kind of like, that kind of move things along in a slightly different direction because a lot of the songs are very, um, like, uh, very omnidirectional in their in their movement, which is a, like a good thing. Like they're well written and well composed and well arranged, but there's nothing that kind of like it's kind of soft touch and yeah, not, nothing would shake. Nothing would shake me out of like listening to this and. Mm. It's like it, it like as opposed to half handed cloud last episode, which is like nothing but like, you know, shoulder shaking. This is kind of none of that. And kind of I love like a kind of halfway in between. I'm not very good like, at giving you like balanced albums, am I? Well, I I'm, I'm I'm sure people love this. I like for me, I would love some kind of extra oomph hmm. um behind this. And uh The reason I ask about the live clip is that I felt that their drummer when they did that song rabbit um it felt like it had a lot of movement and i think i started listening to the album proper after i heard that clip but yeah, maybe that's just for me yeah i, I did watch the auditory session and she, she did a good job i think it's more the jump part yeah could have been more like it's just kind of like like rim rim hits and that kind of stuff yeah yeah fair enough Probably my favorite songs on the album were the last two on the album, actually. I re-listened to it again yesterday. Um, I'm just checking. What were the last two tracks? 
Uh, it's candy something and then blue blade. Oh, okay. Yeah, peppermint candy. Yeah, peppermint candy's got a cool peppermint candy. Like they're so different. Like it's an electric guitar. And then the last song on the album, I actually really enjoyed that. It was much more, it's really different atmospherically from the rest of the album I felt. Mm. Did you like The like, Wolf like is a, Free too? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Um, That's probably my other highlight from okay. the album. Yeah. Sorry. If, what were you going to say like about Blue Blades? If, if you added like a four to eight minute guitar or piano solo to it, it would have been a Pink Floyd song. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like it sounds like something off of Dark Side of the Moon a little bit. And it's got kind of the, the background organ and this kind of choral singing to it. I, I really, I found that quite interesting. You know, my true confession, I have not listened to Dark Side of the Moon. Does that negate me I, from being on this podcast? No, it's... People love that album. I think it's overrated. But okay. Um, <laughs> well, both of us have suddenly lost a lot of cred. <laughs> that's right. We, we, wish you, wish you were here is a better Pink Floyd album, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. But yeah, like, okay. What, what did you think the mood of this record is? Because I find kind of hard to pull, pull something out that I would like emotionally attach to. Um. Sometimes I worry that Lily and Madeline are like a little bit bored with life. Um. <laughs> They um they have such beautiful voices that seem so effortless, but they also sound a little bit like they're just kind of, you know, oh, everything is so meh, kind of, you know, I'm just, yeah, yeah this is so boring. I should be somewhere else more interesting. Um, so the mood is a little bit like cynical, you know, um, just kind of like, you know, it seems like they're a bit kind of annoyed at, someone or something um i don't know lips and hips and uh that song and and then like the wolf is free is kind of like a little bit biting i don't know they just got yeah some biting lyrics that's what i get anyway yeah the their expression when they sing is really deadpan yeah (laughs) yeah, quite funny to um anyway yeah i mean the their voices are beautiful the songs are like really well arranged um, I would have just loved a little more attitude kind of musically. Hmm. Um, so I'd probably give it like a six out of 10. Mm-hmm. I'd love to, I'd love to hear them kind of like try to do something different or like be a part of like a mega band, like a, like a broken social scene where like other people are like driving stuff and they're doing kind of cool lyrical things together over top of that. But, mm. um, yeah. Cool. That's, that was, yeah, that's what I thought about that. No, it's good, man. Um, so what did you give me? All right. Um, yeah, so I thought that I'd kind of be giving you a lot of, uh, you know, rock bands and guitar heavy stuff this last little while. Um, so I gave Asher, uh, the album Sound of Silver by LCD Sound System, uh, from 2007. It's a kind of a dance electro rock album. Um, and it's LCD sound system is mostly one guy, James Murphy, who actually went on to produce the arcade fire album reflector. I don't know. If you oh, knew that. 
Oh, um, <laughs> that makes a bit yeah. of sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this album has been a favorite of mine for a very long time, basically since I found it in high school, especially two songs on it. And I think to me, it's the closest example of both a new Joy Division song and new uh, New Order songs. It's kind of marries those two ideas in like a North American kind of band. But anyway, what did you think of this album, sir? Well, to give you an idea, the only track I don't like is the title track, the silver, what is it? Sorry. Um, Sound of Silver. Yeah. That's the only song I don't like. I love every other song. Um, yeah. This album was phenomenal. Um, I I didn't quite know what I was getting myself into at first um, <laughs> because the genres swap a lot. Like the first track was kind of synth wave. Um it made me re-listen to some of the Hotline Miami soundtracks um, because it was kind of like that really 80s, dancey sort of synth stuff. I really loved that. Um, the vocal was so different than I was imagining. Kind of um, proper kind of, uh, yeah, almost operatic in tone um, on that first yeah. track. Yeah, I really liked that. Um so the second track then was like super funky. Um, I so I'm just say get get innocuous was great. Time to get away was fantastic. The the falsetto little blips and like the dry vocals and he's got a great voice. I really really like that. It's kind of um, I, after listening to this, I went and re-listened to some songs by the presets. Um, so. Uh, you know, do you know the presets, Josh? I do not, sir. Oh, they're an Aussie band. I thought you would have known. They're like um, dancey Aussie band from like the mid thousands. Um, they wrote a song called um, "My People." Um, anyway, put it I'll, on the list. I'll put, put it on, on the list. list. It's super fun. Anyway, it's that same kind of like almost. It's almost the, like the opera of the electronic world, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, bombastic kind of over the top. And that's what Time to Get Away felt like. Um, North American scum was very funny. Um, <laughs> for those of us, those of you who think we're from England, we're not. We're North American, you know. And it's like, we'll yeah. be a little, we'll act a little bit shy and that'll make it everything okay. We're North American. It, it's quite satirical. Like it's a nice, he's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder about some things. So yeah. I thought that was quite clever. Um, someone great was beautiful that was really really good um is it all my friends that begins with that piano part that part yes all, all my friends is one of my favorite oh. songs ever written so um it remind interestingly it reminded me of a bonnie verse song from um uh blood bank um that kind yeah. of begins yeah, yeah. Tinka, 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 tinka. anyway i love that one all my friends was beautiful us v them was great. Watch the tapes. Sound of Silver was the only one, like I said, who left me. That left me cold. I was like, meh. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. It's fantastic. A great ending yeah. to the album. Like this is a so, this is almost a perfect album. Like this is like a nine, nine and a half in terms of of just composition from beginning to end. It's just like got all the genres. There's nothing boring. The, I mean, the only part that could be boring is the length of um, us v them, I think, is a bit long. It just goes on and on and yeah, on. Yeah. But Eight a, and a half minutes. Yeah, I was just a little bit like, yeah, I get it, I get it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
he had some serious Bono vibes at times. Like, did you get that? So it's interesting. So James Murphy, this the singer and mostly music maker. Yeah, all my friends uh, sound uh, like that. Yeah, often thinks that he does not have a good voice. He really dislikes his own voice. Really. Um. So he just kind of goes for it in mm. a lot of these songs instead. Because he's kind of like, I don't have any skill to disguise the effort that I have to make. Mm. Um. Yeah. All all my friends. I I was doing some reading about this album. Mm. I didn't know this. Um. He, uh, James Murphy set himself a challenge to write a Joy Division song, basically. And All My Friends is kind of what he came up with. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like the song, it's a Joy Division song called Transmission, and he's trying to emulate that a little bit, where it kind of starts light and rhythmic, and then by the end of it, it's like overwhelming. It's like, like the pianos and everything's just like going super heavy and I like love shouting it. and yelling. I yeah, love it. It kind of builds to this thing. You do know you need to give me a Joy Division album at some point because I don't I don't know them or New Order. So it was, like yeah. it was it was actually an anniversary of um a Joy Division album this week. Okay. Um shout out to Peter Hook and the Tim's listening party. That was actually quite a good Twitter feed anyway. Nice. Um The ending of this album? Yeah. I yeah, I, the New York I love you, you're bring me down. I think it's perfect. I think Yeah. Because you because this album is like dripping with like electric and like movement and it's like energetic constantly. And then the last song of the album is just like, like just piano soft, like just piano voice, kind of like sad, lamenting, all the energy is gone. Mm. Oh man. It's so beautiful. It's a brilliant yeah. album. Did you I'm say glad you liked it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Did you say this, these were like the, was it the craft work of America or the, did you say the um, uh, Daft Punk? Daft Punk of America. Sorry, they, it's like one of those electronic like in, European bands. Yeah, he he kind of introduced a little bit of like the dance pop electronica to America in the two thousands. Right. Um, this is oh seven, I think. Yeah, after this album, uh, James Murphy. James Murphy is uh, historically a bit of a grump when it comes to the music industry, mm-hmm. and so he basically they toured Sound of Silver. And he basically said, okay, we're never making any more music and the band's breaking up again and we're not doing anything. <laughs> right. um, and then in 20, like, 2010 or something like that, he made another album. But uh, this was kind of like their like last hurrah musically right. for a while at least. There's a 2017 yeah. album called American Dream. Yeah. So yeah, he has kept on making music. Oh, okay. But yeah. uh, at the time, people were like, you know, this is like a gem that we have to like hold on to for like forever, basically. <laughs> no, it was anyway. it was a great album. I was not I'd heard of them. Um and that was it. I just not really I mean, there's so much music in the world. But um yeah, I just yeah. It, it was really nice. Like it had so interestingly in my notes I've got it's got some all my friends has three different bands that I was like, Oh, this sounds like you two with Bono's <laughs> vocals. Interpol vibes and then yeah. Noah and the Whale as well. Oh. Yeah. Do you know much Noah and the Whale? I do. I don't know. You have to explain that one to me. I-, I don't know why. I think it's from their um, Last Night album or something, the one with L-A-F-E-G-O-E-S-O-N. Yeah, okay. I can see that actually. It just had these like, it just had these kind of, I don't know. I loved yeah that that song. All my friends is 
is one of the most beautiful album uh, songs on that album, as well as um, as well as uh, someone great. That was pretty cool. So yeah. yeah. I, I enjoyed this whole album. It was great. I listened to it again yesterday while bu- building IKEA furniture, and it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, excellent. Thanks, man. Uh, my pleasure. Honorable mentions. On to the honorable mentions. All right, so I got a couple small ones before we get to the big one. I guess um, <laughs> there's a, a a new idols track mm. which came out since we last talked him, um right. a hymn yeah uh much more reserved from them like it's it's not kind of yeah i guess it still has the kind of like moving forward kind of brutal attitude but it doesn't it's not like musically kind of um as bombastic to listen to i'm yeah. curious to see how this album will shake out Mm, that wasn't a disapproving year. That was like a, yeah, it's different. Like I, I must confess I've only listened to it once. Um, and I just had a few other things I was listening to, but, um, it didn't really stand out as much as grounds or Mr. Motivator, but maybe in the mm. context of the full album, it will make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, a, to- a Toronto indie artist called Luna Lee L I. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, been a bit viral on Twitter after some of her kind of she does like little minute long music clips, but she actually has songs that she writes on Bandcamp, and they're kind of uh, groovy, dream pop, charming, and they got like harp layers hmm. and fiddles, and she plays it all herself. Um, it's really what's like it's kind of like the the most quintessential like dream pop you can think of, but it's actually really good. Hmm. Um, and I'm excited if she ever puts out a full album. I'm really excited for that. Good stuff. Oh, I'd like to listen and to local. that. Yeah. And then kind of not anything related to anything, but I've been watching lots of um, Slaughter Beach Dog live videos oh, yeah. because I want him to make me music and talk about it, but he hasn't released <laughs> anything in a while. So I'm just kind of watching live clips. You just want to put a placeholder in the podcast, listen to more Slaughter Beach I, Dog. At some point, he'll put out a new album and I will talk about it. But at, in the meantime, I'm just going to watch live clips of Jake Elwald playing music um, hmm. and enjoy it a lot. And just to say it again to listeners, you need to listen to that album, Also Safe and No Fear. It's a really good one. So so good. Yeah, really good. Um, and then last, uh, as close to mainstream as we're ever going to get, uh, <laughs> a new Taylor Swift album came out. I feel a bit naughty. Odie jumping on the <laughs> Swift band wagon when I know the Dessner brothers and Justin Vernon are involved. <laughs> this is such a okay. No, I just want to. I want to put out one one thing first. Yeah. This is a weird musical intersection, and <laughs> I appreciate that uh, Taylor Swift, a very famous pop artist, is doing something different. This doesn't feel like a cash grab to me. Like, um. I don't know if you know who Josh Fries is. He's a, a very mm. uh, talented and famous drummer from like a perfect circle and a band called the Vandals. He's like one of the most talented drummers in the world. And for a long time in the two thousands, he would just like uh, do session recordings for like Avril Lavigne and he'd like tour with Weezer. So Weezer wouldn't have to like, worry about drumming. They could just kind of sing the whole thing. <laughs> and that was like, okay, I get what Josh is doing. He's just cashing a paycheck because he does not care about this musical whatsoever. <laughs> and I don't think that's the case here. Like, actually, 
uh, Aaron Dessner and Justin Vern or Bonnie Vare, whatever he wants to call himself, they're actually like attempting to have an actual musical artistic kind of venture with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think they're just like, Oh, I'll play some songs so that yeah, I can supplement my income right now. <laughs> yeah. How, how, what kind of house can I buy by making an album with Taylor Swift? Yeah. And, and to be uh, fair, like I have actually listened to Taylor Swift before and you know, <laughs> I don't mind her songs. Like they're really fun. Like, Taylor Swift writes fun songs. She writes pop music and it's really cheery and sometimes an earworm, but like, you know, she's out there. But this came up on Instagram and Twitter, just like out of the blue. I had no idea that a, so random. Yeah. Like I had no idea that a, the Destin brothers were involved and B that Taylor Swift was writing a new album. Not that I really kept tabs on her albums, but it just came out of the blue. I was like, huh, this is quite interesting. I gave it a full listen and it's a long album. I think it's like 14 or 15 songs. Um, Okay. So the overall vibe that I got is it's really pretty. It's quite beautiful. I don't think I love many of the tracks as like (laughs) songs that I'll go back to, but you know, Mm. they're really, really beautifully written. And um, what was what was some standouts to you? Or what did you think overall, or something? I'm hijacking your review here. All right, all right. I I have I have four notes about this album. Yeah, go. Um, one, it sounds more like a big red machine project than a national project. Uh-huh. Um, Exile is a good song. It's the one with Bon Iver, but it feels to me like a much more produced, much much more produced for Emma forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um. Like kind of the charm of Bonnie Vera singing without autotune in this circumstance is the lack of production that goes along with it. And this is kind of a weird halfway between that. Yeah. Um, I think I've also realized about the Destner brothers is that they personally, I feel like they need the drums of Mr. Devin Dorf to really hold them down or like push them somewhere. Um, hmm. they're, they're, like the the composition of the twins is amazing and often like expansive and does all these great things, but they need something to keep them moving. And I think the drums of the national really, at some, at points, really do that for them. And I I I think this lacks that kind of thing because all the drums are hmm. in this album. You know, four four rock beat kind of makes sure things keep going, but nothing special happens. To be honest, there um, weren't many drums drum parts yeah if if, if if drums at all kind of thing yeah uh and fourth i'm curious as to how taylor swift fans will actually take this album because it's definitely off the pop music you know well-trodden path it's uh it's different than yeah. things i would suspect she releases or would release and so i'm curious as to how people will take this um i'm sure they'll take it positively because you know, a Taylor Swift fan is a Taylor Swift fan, but I'm, you know, it's interesting to challenge them as a community with this kind of album, I think. And the songs are still very accessible. Like they're not yes. out there weird. You know, she hasn't suddenly started writing Bonnie Ver style songs. Um, they're <laughs> still very much pop songs with very much pop lyrics, um, which we were both a little bit, I mean, I don't understand her lyrics, <laughs> to be honest. I don't, um, you know, she's like, a year younger than me, but it doesn't feel like she's writing to me. (laughs) 
So I, no. I mean, not that I'm expecting her to write to me, obviously. That I'm not her demographic. But it is odd sometimes when artists are not writing at the age that they are. They're kind of writing to, I don't know, a different... I think it's fair to say Taylor Swift depends on your validation, Asher. And uh... I know, she's listening no, right I... now. <laughs> she's like, what do they think? Yeah, I, I mean, we were talking about this. Not everyone needs to be like Leonard Cohen or... You know, like the the poet laureate of the day. No, but I feel like her metaphors are really pedestrian. That's such a that's such a big headed thing to say. I hate that sentence I just said. Two dudes on a podcast don't like Taylor. Oh, I hate what that a sentence. surprise. <laughs> like like everything is so one dimensional in terms of what she talks about. I feel and well, I would. She has the like. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop talking because I gotta punch myself in the face. (laughs) I mean, I just feel a little bit sad for her. Like, I feel like, um, so her songs seem to be about you know a girl like ruining everything because she's a little bit different sometimes. Like some of the songs, the last American Dynasty or something. I think that's one. Yeah, I like I've given it one listen. So, but I'm like, oh, like is this still an issue? Like, is this something that you're facing? Like, is this something you're dealing with? If so, I'm sorry. I didn't like the chips on her shoulder and the problems that she's going through, like, are just not things I understand. So I feel bad for her, but also like, I just don't quite, I don't quite understand the context. I don't understand the culture and things. So (laughs) anyway, look, I'm going to get out of that sphere. (laughs) I mean, I will just say, I really love the song peace. Um, it's right near the back of the mm. album and kind of came up and I was like, oh, I really like this song. So uh, Cardigan, the single, didn't grab me so much, but this one did. Um, I have to give it another listen, but, you know, it's quite beautiful. It's it's a nice change. I was playing again yesterday and just going, huh, yeah, it's, it's really lovely. And her voice, um, her voice is different. It's not like every other kind of female artist that gets produced out of big labels. Like you can hear it's Taylor and you can hear that it's different from some other stuff, which is nice. And I like that. It's definitely the most amount of Taylor Swift music I have ever listened to in my entire life. (laughs) So I guess the successful project on her behalf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a couple more (laughs) honorable mentions. (laughs) Our honorable mentions become bigger and bigger every episode. Um, Cut it out. No. (laughs) We'll be like in post. "Hmm, Should we keep the Taylor review? Mm. Okay. um, Just a couple of quick ones from me. Um, Shout out to Benjamin Malk. Um, He has... uh, So Benjamin Malk is an electronic music composer from the States. And he's also a really good drummer in a band called Colin Phil's punny title um and he writes kind of like modular synth music using um some pretty cool gear and he released a little album sorry not a little album quite a substantial album um (laughs) called a cable tethered to this uh a cable tethered to the sky and it's just all written with one setup like a specific setup of his various synthesizers and he does a little walkthrough on youtube of how he does his setup uses his gear and it's a beautiful album it's like gorgeous lush synths and he was saying that he really wanted to kind of make 
pop music in this genre and so in this kind of sound and timbre and so it's very accessible and it's very beautiful i'll put that in the show notes um another one is for some reason i've been a bit obsessed with the gang of youth song magnolia um i'm not sure why it keeps coming back to my mind but i just really love this song and it's so it's so brutey sometimes if you especially if you watch the video they're kind of like cavemen jumping around fires kind of thing you know angry at the world but i still love it (laughs) um and oh last one um i stumbled across an artist called sylvan esso um i don't know much about her she is a duet um a man and a woman and they're called sylvan esso and this track came up on twitter and the best I can describe it is like a mix between Image and Heap and Bonnie Ver, um, mm. like um, uh, vocoded vocals, um, very simplistic, like simply just vocoder vocals, and then a few other instruments at first. And okay. then she dropped a pre-release of her album on Bandcamp, and there's a track on it called Ferris Wheel, I think, which I have been listening to on repeat. And I'll have to stop now because it will mean that the album's uh, got a little bit of a weird bump in the middle of it um, when I listen to it. Um, but I, I've really enjoyed her stuff and I have no idea where she's come from or, yeah, much about her. But I'll put that in the show notes. It's it's a great track and I'm looking forward cool. to hearing the rest of the album. So that's it for me. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to Thanks so much for listening to what we're. Thanks so much for listening to a, um, episode nine of what we're listening to. Um, we hope that you are enjoying finding new and interesting things, or old and interesting things, or new and old sad things, uh, as this episode has been. Um, we yeah, just check us out on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and give us a like or share us around if you think your friends would be interested. And you can give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, That will help bump us up the ranks of podcasts from like 3,000th to 2,999th. And it would just be lovely if you contacted us and tell us what you thought. So, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. See See you, Josh. (laughs)